Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Degani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of Data Mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully, you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the Data Mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode, so you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Max Corner number 25, we don't have to jerk the wheel, making smaller correction decisions to get our, to our data destination. Schmack made a really nuanced argument about how we are making decisions based on big batches. And the bigger the batch, the bigger the chance of that causing a big blow up. You know, the size increases of the blast radius relative to how big the batch is. Think about driving on the highway. You want to make small corrections along the way as you learn more uh, and as conditions, you know, the road and other drivers and all that change. We don't want to make large scale corrections based on data that's built up over the last few miles or kilometers, do we? There is, you know, kind of what she talked about as well, the layer of, you know, streaming versus batch and when it makes sense uh, to use streaming instead of batch, but also at the conceptual level. If we get that information flow in in smaller quantities nearer to when that information happened right that that what the information is about and the real world actually happened can't we navigate better you know to use another analogy do you want to be navigating your ship through the rocks based on a map made last year or based on real time sonar and spotters you know and scott note here i i don't think streaming tech always or even usually wins out over batch But there is a cost and complexity angle right there. It's a deep discussion I don't want to, I don't think is worthwhile to have with myself right here, but we can get into that if anybody wants to reach out about batch versus streaming and all that fun stuff. But I think conceptually, we also need to move past the concept that we've been doing of building up this huge amount of information and then trying to make a decision instead of like, how do we make these smaller micro decisions as we're moving forward? So Jamak said, I quote, data mesh is about building responsibility into data and the quality of that data you share and being explicit about that quality. 
So really, we were talking a little bit about it's okay to make mistakes, but that we can't be like kind of flippant about those mistakes, right? It's important to allow for a rapid adjustment and change. And we can be that forgiving, but we don't want to just pretend like mistakes aren't a big deal. Real stakes are on the line. You know, this was recorded pretty quickly after what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. You know, there is this balance, but we can also make the cost of mistakes that much smaller by creating smaller decisions that add up to the bigger decisions. So instead of it's one giant leap, it's many small steps that can avoid hazards as you come across them. You know, you're, you can set yourself up to, <laughs> to quickly iterate and change instead of trying to leap the chasm. Jamak also said, make decisions at the speed of the market and, and how important that is. So you have to inject those decisions as close to the market as possible. This means putting decisioning and access to the data in the hands of the domain teams. And if there isn't really a big difference in value between making decisions quickly and not so quickly, you should ask if something like data mesh is really right for your organization. If the point of this is to be nimble and to be able to be quickly reactive and to understand what's going on in the market, if there's not a ton of value in that, why are you doing the extra work to actually get to that point? Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. I think, um, you know, one thing you said there was that we are making faster just in time decisions or near real time decisions. And I think the reason why some of these mistakes can, can be so catastrophic is that we're making these batch decisions, right? The, lot, the bigger the batch, the bigger the impact of the mistake in the batch and the bigger opportunity for mistakes in that batch. So, um that's why, like data mesh, in fact, is um, it, it, naturally when you th- when you look at this input output port and subscription based. And I had actually a long rant in the book. <laughs> I suppose a chapter around serving data in this bi temporality immutable streams in a way that enables a more near real time kind of decisions because as as soon as the data becomes available upstream, and that data could be a fixed mistake of the past data arrived you know recently when according to a new processing time or it could be completely new data both of those result in kind of a decision downstream a data product downstream so the smaller the batches become you know the less surface area for errors and um uh, the recovery from those errors are um require less effort so i think is one is kind of moving from these big batches to more stream-oriented analytics and ML. Um, And the other point that you mentioned around like keeping a history of decisions because our understanding the world over time changes. And I think that's 
again, in software architecture, we call them architecture decision record, records. And there's a whole bunch of like tooling around them in GitHub and so on. Exactly for that is like, think it beyond yourself or think beyond your present self that you're going to come in future or people after you're going to come and look at why you made decisions and you made these decisions based on understanding the state of the world in that moment. Um, so I think, again, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly biased towards developer and software engineers because I've I've just been one myself in the past, but we've got, you know, pretty good practices that can be extended. Um, like what you mentioned, like this diary of decisions uh, and so on to be extended even to executives and to leaders um, in the data space. Yeah. And I don't think that it will solve everything. I don't think you're saying that. I think people no. it, like, I, I love when you say this just introduces new problems, but they're more addressable sure. problems. They're, they're, they're better problems to have than our current ones. And, and a lot when you were saying there, like, you know, there's a visceral um, analogy around navigating through the rocks and you're like, oh, okay, I'm navigating this boat through the rocks and I'm using a map of the rocks that we got from last season and things have moved. And so, but like, you know, a more tangible one is, is GPS route, right? Like I am, uh, when, when I went down to, to visit my, my parents, you know, I was driving eight hours down to um, Palm Springs and, you know, one of the times there was a bad accident on one of the, the things. And so it said, if you're going to go this way, it's going to take you an extra two and a half hours versus going this other way. And if I had just, you know, if I had just had the paper map thing instead of, hey, in real time, I can get information about what's changing, what's going on. Those more little, we can make smaller course corrections that are far better. That means that we're not making these big batch. I, I love that, that, you know, kind of concept of, Stop making batch decisions when you don't have to. Can we get to a place where we're we're making these things that are smaller risk, right? If you, you say this so much in the early chapter in, in the book and in the prologue and stuff where you go, and experimentation and experimentation and experimentation. And I rarely hear that in data mesh conversations, but that experimentation, that allowing yourself, enabling yourself to, you know, people think, okay, data is only about making strategic decisions. And it's like, no, it's about making execution decisions because you're able to actually change your execution in a timely manner if the data is in front of you. So it's not that data is only about strategy and that, oh, I'm, I've got all this expertise, I can just execute. If you can make it that it's part of the day-to-day -day execution decisions and that you go, hey, we're trying this thing and oh, okay, the numbers were real bad yesterday on this. Well, I think it's good. We want to see for a full week. So let's let it marinate. Let's see how that goes. Or, okay, did we get enough of a sample? We got enough of a sample and it was real bad, this A-B test that we did. Okay, you know, both A and B were bad. Our baseline was way better. We're going to revert back to our baseline because it was far better. And just like the, those little things about being embedding data into your decisions, but that it's not as if it makes all of the decisions. It's that you can set yourself up to be smarter, to do the right things and to, to test little things and go, I'm going to try this little, I'm going to make a bet. And it's, if it pays off, it has a huge payout, but there's a low probability of it paying out. 
now instead of that being a six month process with this huge amount of risk and it doesn't pay out, it's like we spent like, you know, five people hours on this thing to test it out and no, it didn't pay out. Okay. But we can do that with a hundred of these things instead of one every six months. So sorry, I'm going on my, one of my rants, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, maybe we wrap up. I want to be uh, cognizant of what a large portion of our industry just went through over the last weekend, myself included in that six to 5,000 startups whose money got stuck that by no means we're talking about, oh, mistakes are just fine in the data. Make more of them. You recover quickly. No, some of some of these impacts, like, you know, mistakes in data affects lives of thousands of people and, you know, uncalculated bets, bits that you just don't know how, how it's going to impact. So, so I just want to be cognizant of like this moment in time that we are recording this and say that, um, Data Mesh is about building responsibility into data and the quality of the data that you share and being explicit about that quality and put a lot of tests and checks and balances in place embedded into that your quantum, right? That data product quantum. Um, but at the same time, put a system in place like this bitemporality and streaming of this bitemporal data that allows for rapid adjustments and rapid change, whether it's a change in the data or your understanding of the data. So just want to like, <laughs> maybe, um, yeah, maybe emphasize that we're not talking about be nonchalant about, you know, quality of your data. It's, it's, you're doing the best that you can. And the faster that you turn around these testing of things, the faster that you can you can drive towards that value and the faster that you can avoid challenges, right? Like, I mean, I don't want to get into all the financial decisions of, of, <laughs> of everything, but like, you know, oh, we're in a rising interest rate environments. Oh, our, our investments are going against us very like right now. Hey, we should start to put on a hedge. We should start to do this thing. Like things are going against us. Like let's not wait and see, or, or that we're conscious that we are making this bet that we are, waiting and seeing and and sometimes things go against you but like you can be you can move at much smaller things that you're not taking giant leaps you're taking smaller pivots and turns and yeah i think it's really important to absolutely i mean yeah i think we're going to keep going and going on this topic it's just it's one of my uh, you know kind of pitches for our product is that you've got to make decisions at the speed of market you can't wait for this data to go through the pipeline and the warehouse and the lake or whatever, and then downstream you get it. You've the, the business of the future moves at the speed of the market, makes automated decisions at the speed of the market. And the only way that's fa- possible is to inject that decision and access to the data as close to the market as possible, which are basically your domain teams that are touching the market. So, um, it's all the good reasons, I guess, for um, for embracing data mesh. We just have to enrich our tooling and practices for it to cross that chasm of value. Yeah. Well, and that's not like real-time decisions. It doesn't have to all, but exactly what you've talked about. Like when people are talking about six to nine months to produce data and then they produce data that's not valuable or wouldn't have even been valuable, you know, the six to nine months ahead of back. And it's definitely not valuable now, exactly what you're talking about of, you know, and thinking 
what might somebody want to consume? I'm going to go talk to them and have that conversation and say, hey, I've got this. Like, let's do that. And and getting a better grip. You know, a lot of the, the people that have been on, on recently are talking about the initial domain that you work with in data mesh. It should like the initial use case should, if you can, contain it to that single domain itself. And so you get every domain being more and more aware of, of what they've got for themselves. And then they start to have these conversations and say, how do I actually play in this greater organization? Why, why are all these companies together or why are all these domains together in this organization? Why do we have all of these capabilities? How can we level up that value? But exactly what you said of like, we, we have to be, if we can out execute the, the competition, if we can run circles around them, just because we're better at understanding and better at identifying because we're <laughs> paying more attention to it and that, that we're really trying to find these signals, what's that going to mean for business value? And if that, if that competitive advantage isn't huge, then data mesh probably isn't right for you, right? If, if that like time to market, it's like, that's not really any difference between, okay, I, I figured it out today versus I figure it out in six months then data mesh might not be the right call for you. But what we're seeing is more and more that the the ones who are capable of reacting and being kind of in the flow of what's actually changing in the world, they're the ones that are going to be the ones that thrive. I I hate the thing where everybody goes, these companies are going to be out of business. Like, no, that's not really the case, but they're not going to thrive. And do you want to be part of that kind of thriving thing? Yeah. So we've talked about a whole heck of a lot of things, uh, but I, I want to be very cognizant of your time. But um, is there any way that you want to kind of wrap up or, you know, any any parting words for folks? And that can just be, you know, thank you for listening and goodbye. You don't have to make mm-hmm. it the the most uh, uh, philosophical. But can I put a shameless? Is that OK if I put a shameless plug? Of course. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for kind of distributed systems engineers to come and solve these problems that you and I just talked about and building those catalyst technologies. So if you're one and you're listening, just come to our very (laughs) basic job site on our website, uh, nextdata.com. Yeah, and we'll, we've got a, a link to that in the show notes for all of these episodes as well. So thank you. Yeah, I, and and you know, from working with you uh, personally on different uh, projects and things, I, I can say it's it's a blast working with Jamak. It's 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 high empathy and high like mental throughput, but it's also like high kind of focus on what what are you actually trying to do. So I I do recommend other folks. Uh, check that out as well. So, well, thank you so much, Jamak, for for your time here today. And and thank you, everyone out there for listening. Thank you, Scott. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, NextData. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks looking to partner with others and just kind of check it out. As for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat data mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.